my beloved in Jesus Christ our Lord. It seems like a lot has happened since November. Who would have thought in November around Thanksgiving time we would find ourselves where they are today, locked in our homes? November seems like a lifetime away. But there was a feast in November we celebrated, which is important to recall before we think about this feast. And that feast is the presentation of the mother of God into the temple when she was a small girl. And what I want to draw your attention to is the tropar that we sing, the very first line of that tropar. Today is the prelude of the benevolence of God. That's what we sang November 21st. Today is the prelude of the benevolence of God. Where we rejoicing with her and with the virgins and all the angels that were with her as they escorted her up the stairs into the temple. But that was only the prelude to the benevolence of God. And what was that prelude pointing to? The feast we celebrate today, the Annunciation. This is the feast of the benevolence of God, of His kindness, of His goodness, of His mercy, His act towards us of unfathomable love. This is the day we are rejoicing when we hear the words of Gabriel this morning, uh, in our gospel. Rejoice. Don't be afraid. Rejoice. We find ourselves now smack dab in the middle of the fifth week of the great fast. We find ourselves two days, three days, whatever it is, into a, a I call it a lockdown. But not too long ago, the beginning of Lent, particularly the first two, three days, we heard some words similar to the words we heard tonight. The very beginning of Genesis, God said, let there be, and there was light. Let there be the sun, let there be the moon, let there be the firmament above separating the waters from the earth. Let there be vegetation of all kinds, let there be animals of all kinds, let there be sea creatures of all, all kinds. Let there be man and who have dominion over this. Let it be, and it was good. And God would prepare somebody to say those words again. God, when he spoke, all creation was brought into being something that had never existed before. Out of nothingness. There was only God. Let it be, and the creation was made. Let it be, and man walked the earth. But we heard, by Friday of the first week of the great fast, what man had done. 
Earlier in the first week, we heard that man was created to converse with God, to walk with God in the garden, we heard. But he disobeyed. And so God would put all of salvation into, salvation history into motion for us. He could have just said, let it be, and we would have been restored instantaneously. But he let our salvation unfold over time. Not God's time. God's time, past, present, future, he holds in his hands. God's time is always now. But he created us to have a past, present, and a future. And so the whole of creation is going through this, this growth, this struggle, this change, this metamorphosis over time, until it got one person right. Holy, spotless, a heart pure, one totally committed to God, that even as a young child she would go up the steps and we would rejoice with her in this prelude of the benevolence of God. And she would say those words, she was given the power to say those divine words that God spoke in the beginning. When the angel announced the good news to her, she said, let it be. Let it be done to me. Let it be. And a creation came about that had never been before. The word of God became man without losing any of what he had with the fatherhead, with the father. None of his divinity was diminished. Never has this been done before. Never will it be done again. It's done once and for all eternity. Let it be. And the Theotokos brought about a new creation with the power of the Holy Spirit. And now with that new creation, the God-man, the person Jesus, who has shown us the Father in his own face, has made it possible for you and I not just to walk and for converse, but more importantly, to commune. To be one, to be intimately one with God. To be absorbed into Him and Him into you without either one losing what, the other ha what they have. God always being God, man always being man, but through Jesus Christ, the God-man, we have communion. Let it be, he said. And creation came into being. Let it be, she said. New creation came into being. Never will our lives be the same from that moment on. No wonder Gabriel is coming and announcing rejoice, not just to the Theotokos. But she's saying, he's saying to you and I tonight in the midst of, of being locked in our homes, in the midst of all the challenges in our, of our life, rejoice, O oh highly favored ones. Because you have been made to have communion with your God. You who are alone, you who are afraid, you who are frightened, rejoice. You who are sick, you who are suffering, rejoice. 
You who have lost all hope, rejoice. We now have had the annunciation given to us. We now have the power to participate in communion with God. We do that in multiple ways. Par excellence, of course, is the Holy Communion. But we also have that communion whenever we pray, because prayer is converse and communion with God. And so we do all our ascetical practices to to get rid of the distractions so that we, we pray it can be undistracted and leads us to a deeper communion with God. But the only way we can do that is we listen to, if we listen to Gabriel's words, rejoice and let go of the fear. Rejoice and let go of the agony. Rejoice and let go of the distractions of life. Rejoice, O favored one. St. Nicodemus of the Holy Mountain would say that the earth was created for Mary and Mary for Christ. And Christ for us. This is a great celebration. The prelude was exciting, but it's nothing compared to the actuality of the benevolence of God Himself when a salvation has been announced to you and I. A salvation given freely out of the love of God. A salvation that only requires our yes, let it be done to me. Our yes to the will of God. Our yes to the renouncing of sin. Our yes to running, to fully embrace the life in Christ. This is a glorious feast. And it's not surprising that through it all, that landed where it landed and has always seemed to be in Lent. Because when we're hitting it hard during Lent and we're getting weighed down, with all the prostrations, with our fasting that brings about the weakness of our body, even the fatigue of our mind, what a wonderful thing it is to be reminded of what we are doing and why we are doing it. And we can live the last week and a half and even through Holy Week rejoicing because our salvation is at hand. Rejoicing because God became man. Rejoicing Because he gave our humanity the opportunity to partake in his divinity. Rejoice, O highly favored one. And I say to you this night, my brothers and sisters, rejoice, O favored ones of God. Allow yourselves to experience that rejoicing. Meditate on what does that rejoicing mean of what that rejoicing has us looking forward to. Even though we have a small taste of it now, we don't know how to relish it like we should. But it's here during our divine liturgies and our prayers. Because God has no past, present, or future. We are with Him now, in the eternal now with Him. Rejoice, my beloved. Because this night you are in heaven with God while he is with us here on earth. Rejoice, O highly favored ones, for the Lord is with you.
And so as you go out and live your lives, participate in those divine words, let it be. All the struggles that are happening in my life, the uncertainties of what's going to happen to me, what's going to happen to them, let it be. Not your will, but my will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. Don't get the wood. This is the gift given to us. To rejoice with Gabriel and the heavenly hosts. Because this young woman said, let it be. The same words that brought about the first creation. And this young woman brought about the second creation, the recreation, the new Adam. And You and I have life in him because of this girl. She said, let it be, and it was. Let us draw closer and commune with God. Say to God, let it be, and it will be. Glory to Jesus Christ.